and welcome to Fully Equipped from James E. McNelly's in Tulsa, site of the PGA Championship. I've got a new cast of characters this week. Well, I should say old and new. Start off with my guy to the far left, Luke Cardenine, golf's instruction guru. Luke, what's going on, man? How are you? What's up, Jay? Well, how are you? Doing good. And we had to get another Aggie on the pod. <laughs> I feel like you got to get a second one. Scott Fawcett from Decade. Scott, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm an Aggie. You are an Aggie. That's always, it's always a good day to be an Aggie. Um, we are here for the PGA Championship. Luke, you and I were out at the course today. Scott, you get out there? I did not. Okay. I wish I did. So, Luke, I, I got to know, what were your first impressions of Southern Hills and anything today that stand out to you? You know, I, I kept walking around the property trying to think about what Southern Hills reminded me of. And then I talked to Bryson briefly and said, you know, this is giving me Wingfoot vibes out here. And I was like, you know, I kind of see it. Uh, really? To be honest. Yeah, I kind of I see, see it. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a proper ball striker who's going to do well out here. There's some room to miss it off the tee, but you can't miss it too big because then you'll be locked in jail. Um, everybody to a man says, you know, you need to be a rock solid iron player there. Um, and then when you look at the past champions here, Peak Tiger, Nick Price, Retief Goosen, all hell of a good ball striker. So that's kind of uh, been my first impressions with the two-day on site, and that's, I think, the kind of player that we'll need to be looking for. Yeah. Uh, can, can I interject that's shocking? So ball striking is important. Yeah, ball striking is important, it turns out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Tiger even said it that, that getting your ball in the fairway is going to be at a premium this week. He talked about the importance of just being able to, to get in and play off the tee, and Oh, by the way, Tiger Woods looks to be making the biggest equipment change of the week already. He shows up to Southern Hills on Monday, and I got to say, credit to those out there who are already doing the zoom in, like I typically do with the Getty images. They zoomed in and noticed that Tiger had a different iron in the bag, and immediately I started looking. It looks like a P790, maybe a P770, and it's the latter. So... Mm. I saw Tiger's bag today. I got an up-close-and-personal look. He has two new long irons in the bag. So he has a P770 2-iron and a P770 3-iron. Now, Tiger's used the UDI from TaylorMade in the past, but he's typically used that 2-iron at the Open Championship. Mm -hmm. And what I find interesting about what Tiger is doing this week is typically just adds one of those long irons. Mm. The rest of his setup is still those traditional blades. Now we're seeing him at a second, and somebody out of the course gave me some food for thought. What if Tiger's starting to recognize that father time is undefeated, and he's now adding a second one to the bag simply to gain a bit more distance? Because here's the difference between those traditional blades. So Tiger plays the TaylorMade P7TWs, mm -hmm. an iron that he helped design. Those are a traditional muscle black blade. He plays them at very traditional lofts. I mean, for today's standards, they're incredibly weak. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the P770s, which are going to be a little bit stronger, a bit more forgiveness. It's going to be that ball speed that he's going to be looking for. But if you go back and look at what Tiger did when he won in 2007 at this very course, what did he end up using a lot? Long irons and five woods. Mm. So it makes you wonder if he's pulling the five wood out of the bag for that two iron, then he's going to be using a very similar setup to what he used at Southern Hills. Now it's not going to be 109 degrees is what Tiger said it was when he won in 07 and he shot 63 that week. But it does make me think that he's going to be using a very similar blueprint mm. to what he used in 07. 
really relying on those long irons to help get him in play. But these aren't your traditional ones that he had back in 07. These are going to have a bit more ball speed, a bit more forgiveness. And look, a lot of guys out on tour use them at the top of the bag, and I think they're going to be a benefit for Tiger as well. And it seemed like even though Tiger is the highest uh, or, or the most well-known name to be making the switch, it seems like there's been a common theme. A lot of guys sort of taking out some of the fairways, adding in long irons in their place because they know there's a few meaty par fives out there. Maybe, you know, they, they, these, this seems like this is going to be a theme as a club they're going to be turning to throughout the week. Yeah. Did you see Patrick Cantlay? I did see Patrick Cantlay. You so, sent me the text. <laughs> and he, I saw him on the range too, which I found particularly interesting. He had 10 different wedges just lying on the ground. Uh, and he was just going through all these different grind combinations, finish combinations. He wasn't changing around, lost different bounces because, you know, and Rory alluded to this earlier too. He said, you know, there are lots of runoffs around the greens, but they cut all the runoffs with Bermuda rough. And which means that uh, these guys are going to have a lot of these dicey, awkward little lies with this Bermuda rough sort of tangling around the ball. They need to make sure that if they're catching, if they're not catching that ball absolutely crisp, that they're not coming up and chunking balls sort of onto the front of the green or short. Can, yeah. can I ask, am I missing something? If he has a two, three and a four iron, how does he have a driver and a three wood? So he goes driver, three, two, three, four. He's only use, he only uses three wedges at the bottom of the bag. Okay. So 56, yeah, I mean, again, that's, you just blend, that's fine. Yeah, that's, you yeah. blend so that it's, it's, again, Tiger's one of those guys who's used a three wedge setup. I've asked him about it before because you do see a lot of the younger tour pros going to four wedge setups, which again, that's going to close the loft gap. So, you know, you're going 52, 56, 60. Tiger goes 56, 60. But I've asked Where him, does he go from there? 56, 60, and then what? And then, then, then putter. No, I'm saying 56. 60. So he goes, what, he goes. What's his next one past 56? The 60. So he goes, pitching, no, no, pitching wedge, 56, longer. 60. Pitching, pitching wedge. wedge. So yeah. like, like 46? Yep. Yeah. So, he, so he's always subscribed to the I want to be an artist with my wedges, mm. and I don't want to have, if I don't have a full swing with a wedge, that's okay. And that's been Tiger's plan his entire career is I'm going I'm to have those tweener shots. I'm okay with that because I'm just going to rely on my feel. Yeah. Whereas if you look at some other tour pros, they're looking at, okay, I need this wedge to go this yardage, and I don't want to have to hit that little three-quarter shot. Tiger's sneaky old school in some of these things. He's not know? sneaky old school. He is very <laughs> he old is school. very old. Because but, but, you know, I was actually watching him on the range today. He pulled out a 60, hit about five chip shots, literally chip shots, put it back in the bag, took out his 56, and then he was hitting low draws, high cuts, harder pit, harder 56s, softer 56s. He was just hitting all different kinds of shots with his 56. And you realize, wow, anytime he's between, let's say, 30-ish yards and up to 120 yards, maybe he's, he's relying on one club in his bag, and that's his 56. I, I honestly, I just don't think that's what he did when he was his best. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the thinnest branch possible right here. <laughs> like, I don't think that's what he did. I feel like he had four wedges and he had an amazing five wood. He had that the stinger he could hit with it. Like, I honestly, I don't, I, I feel like most people's bags, like especially the amateur home, your three, four, five, six iron, they lay over each other too much with like a 10 yard gap. And then when you get shorter in the bag, you get like this 20 yard gap. Again, like I understand Tiger's, in my opinion, clearly the best that's ever played the game. He can hit these off-speed wedges. I don't think that's what he used to do. We'll get back to Floyd Crypt in a moment. Before we do, I want to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Golf Pride and their new CPX Grip. 
You've heard me talk about the CPX before. It features a new exo diamond quilted pattern all over the outside of the grip that helps reduce vibrations. The pattern on the script is derived from BMX bikes. So if you're somebody out there who's been riding BMX before, you know that this pattern is going to help reduce those vibrations. It's great for if you're playing on cold days, if you're maybe on the older end of the age spectrum and you're dealing with those unwanted vibrations, allowing you, or not, not allowing you, but I should say, but keeping you from being able to play 36, maybe get in that extra long rain session, that exodiamic quilted pattern is going to really help you out. If you want to learn more about the Golf Pride CPX script, be sure to check it out on golfpride.com or go over to your local retailer. And now back to this week's episode. So this is interesting, Scott. So like you've got a few players that you know you consult with in the field, right? Who are playing? Well, let's talk week. about what Scott All right, yeah, does. Yeah, let's, let's... Because this is why I was excited to have him on the pod this week. Absolutely. You're you're all about course strategy. You're helping guys sort of unlock that almost like a cheat code. Like how can I get around the golf course? What's the best way? What what you know, clubs should I be using off this tee or from this spot? What's the optimal angle to take in? I mean, that's that's what guys are are asking you when it comes to a setup like this. I, I truly believe that golf, at the end of the day, is just like every other game. It's a math game. I, you have to, like in in blackjack, the shoe is the 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 variance in dice. You know, in craps, the dice are the variance. I think that your shot pattern in golf is the variance. But over the course of seventy-two holes. If you just do the right thing, you're gonna do. You're, you're gonna come out correct. And I, I just, I'm stunned if he's actually got a two, three, and a four in his bag because I think that's totally irrelevant. I really do like that's shocking. You should go, go, go find Tiger on the range. <laughs> Trust me, I'm the biggest Tiger. Walk up to him and tell him, hey, Tiger. <laughs> I think you, I don't think you have an optimal setup for this week. I'm biggest Tiger fan on the planet. I find that really bizarre that we have a two and a three iron because the one of those two should be interchangeable. It's interesting though, as you mentioned the two and the three, because I sat on the range and watched him today, and Tiger typically does things the same way Tiger's done them for years. He starts with his wedges and he works his way all the way up to the driver. Today I watched him with the two and the three again two brand new clubs, he was hitting, going back and forth between those two clubs, hitting different shots. So he was going three iron, towering shot into the you know down range, two iron, piercing stinger. Yeah. And then he'd flip flop them and he'd hit a stinger with three and he'd try and hit a little bit higher with the two. And he went back and forth for you know maybe 20 minutes, just trying to hit different shots to kind of get a feel for them. So. I do think the Tiger is a plane. I agree with you. The two and the three. He's you, a unicorn. He, I mean, so like, yeah, I'm, yeah, trying, yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying my hard. Tiger, what are talking about here? And we're, 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 trying to, we're trying to overanalyze his bag I, and I, tell him where he's got I, holes. I've never seen Scott this polite. This, because Scott's a big, you're a big, you're a big block practice guy. You've got to perfect one shot, one yardage. You know, you really hone that in. And you're hearing an old school guy like Tiger Woods. Who's hitting all these different shots? I, I firmly believe that Tiger, when he was his best, I've had a number of tour players tell me that he cut the driver and he drew his irons, which you can do that with ball position. Yep. So your driver, you can't really move around ball position and changing the face to path angle is a really hard thing to do, especially at speed, which is why you see the longest players on tour. I don't care if it's a draw or cut, Bryson plays a draw and he plays it from a super weak handed grip which is funny because back in the day, you'd be like, oh, weekended grips a fade. Like, no, he can release as hard as he can. And then you see a guy like DJ with a super strong grip and he's holding on kind of for dear life, obviously not, but 
I, I, I do. I think Tiger's fallen victim. God, I hate saying this. I really feel like Tiger's falling victim to his own nine box drill that I don't think that's what he did when he played his best. And I, and I might be wrong. Like I'm, I'm trying to be objective and say like, I might be wrong, but there's no reason you need two clubs that go roughly 230 to 260. He should have a driver. I do believe a mini driver. I'm, I'm not even on TaylorMade staff, but I feel like <laughs> a driver you can cut and a mini driver you can hook or vice versa. And then some sort of a long iron and you don't even worry about the in-between. I, I, I believe that at Augusta next year, my goal is to have at least 20 guys in the field that cut it to have a mini driver because you don't need a three wood at all at that course aside from hitting tee shots right to left. But this mini driver is just a bigger face. It's so much easier to draw. That's the club to hit. And, and when I asked Kerry Cosby, the head pro at, at Southern Hills, where do you have to draw the club? He said one, three, five, seven, 12, 13, 15. Well, I look at it on one, I, I don't see why you have to draw it. But okay, that's cool if you want to draw it. But you don't want to work that driver both ways. You, you need more options with the driver and the three wood than you do a two iron and a three iron. And Tiger won the British at St. Andrews or wherever it was, hitting nothing but two irons. And I would argue, I think successfully, that's because he didn't know where the driver was going. And he's a unicorn, so he can get away with it. But at his ball speeds currently, again, I'm so backtracking. I'm the biggest Tiger fan on earth. <laughs> at his current ball speeds, he can't get away with that. If, if the goal is to win. Right, right. Which is, as he says, that's the only reason that he shows up is to win. And Scott's over here, head, head hands. Just... Sorry, Tiger. I want to let you know that this week's episode of Fluke Pip is brought to you by our friends at Repsoto and the Repsoto Mobile Launch Monitor that gives you all the metrics you want, distance, ball speed, club head speed, launch angle, just to name a few. But really, where the MLM shines is in data visualization can now provide. The Shot Tracer feature gives you video of your swing plus precise visualization of your ball flight and shot shape. The new distance shot dispersion feature has a visual overlay of every shot you hit on the range that's color-coded for each club with pinpoint distance and accuracy. Optimize your club gapping, dial in your wedges, and really fine-tune your driver and fairy woods. The MLM also gives you really cool charts and graphs that can help you practice smarter, not longer. I'm a big fan of that. To really maximize your time and help you get the most out of your range session. Use it indoors, use it outdoors. It's extremely portable. You can build a custom practice plan with this unit. Simply put, Repsoto's MLM is the launch monitor every golfer needs. Go to repsoto.com backslash fully equipped for 100%, sorry, 100%, yeah, 100% off your first purchase. Hope you're okay with that one, Repsoto. No, I should say go to rapsodo.com backslash fully equipped and enter promo code fully equipped for $100 off your first purchase. So you won't get it for free, but hey, 100 bucks off, it's pretty good. Anyway, fully equipped as a promo code F U L L Y E Q U I P P E D. If you don't know how to spell, at rapsodo.com backslash fully equipped for 100 bucks off. And thanks again to Repsoto for being a sponsor of Fully Equipped. My question, next question is, I'm looking right here. You've got a bunch of pages sitting in front of you. And it makes me wonder, when you're trying to help players set up and figure out a strategy for a golf course like Southern Hills, how do you go about doing this for them? The satellite images are straightforward. This is a picture of Earth. It can't be wrong. 
If you are a guy who likes to fade it on number one, I get it, the hole bends left. There are two bunkers on the inside left. I get it, it would be cool to see the ball shaping right to left. But at the end of the day, if you're a guy that likes to fade it, once you start trying to shape it the other direction, your miss is for sure 25-ish percent of the time a double cross, which this is what's weird is now all of a sudden, I like to fade it, so I would start it left and cut it back to the fairway. But now I'm going to try to draw it on this specific hole, and my miss is a, now I'm lining it up further right, and my miss is a block cut. That's a problem on one. And so what I teach and what math teaches, I get it, that's the shot you want to hit. Odds are you're not going to hit it. Even at this level, these guys are the best players on the planet. But you know what? There's a pretty good chance you're not going to hit the shot you want to. So you've got a shotgun blast of a shot pattern. And both of these bunkers are in play on the left of one. You can't drop back to a three wood because a three wood's still going to get in the first bunker. You might as well ship driver and just see what happens. And this is the problem as a former playing professional. I used to aim away from certain pins and then kind of hope I pull it, which is exactly what you should do on one. You kind of hope you pull it, but you know that half the time you're going to pull it. So you just pick your target, you send it, and you see what happens. This is what DeChambeau did at Wingfoot in order to destroy the golf course, and it's what they should do here. And it sort of speaks to your overriding philosophy, right? Is that pros and players in general should be hitting driver more than they think they, than they currently are, right? Like they should be kind of turning that driver and sending it down there, and you should be more, in a nutshell, more aggressive off tee, more conservative into greens, right? Like that's kind of the overriding philosophy. Of there needs to be a good reason you're not hitting driver and hitting the fairway is not a good enough reason. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I've heard even on a Tuesday that there are a lot of pros that are adding more forgiving long irons to the bag this week, simply to have something to find the fairway. It's, you're going to be dropping back, but as Scott's saying, maybe it's better to just send it. And it's funny. Number, no, number 15 in Esbrook, this is the one I use all the time because this, this pin is relatively in the middle of the green. It's a 200-yard par 3. The green is 28 yards wide. It's a huge green, and their shot pattern is 50 yards wide. Just because you drop back does not mean you get to hit the fairway. You don't get to just go place your ball in the fairway. And so you should just send it and let the fairway jump in the way of some percentage of tee shots. And again, like, I actually am the guy that says, don't even worry about winning. Like, winning is just going to happen 2 or 3% of the time for the best players in the world. It's literally like saying, pick the ace of spades out of a deck of cards. It's, you're not going to win this week. I could stand on the first tee and say, you're not going to win this week to every single player and probably turn out okay. <laughs> and It's pretty bold. <laughs> it's pretty bold, yeah. If one of you, 154 or 56, is going to win, but I bet most of you aren't. Golf is just an anomaly sport where we don't have much control over where our ball ultimately goes. And again, I just look at this hole on number one, and I think of DeChambeau. I'm going back to Wingfoot, where I'm the guy telling Como, this is where he should be hitting it. And when I look at one, Bryson should be aiming at just right of the fairway bunkers and hitting as hard as he can, because he might just blow it past all the trees. This is the thing at a course like Southern Hills that it kind of sounds like a joke, but if I'm going to hit in the trees, I'd rather be as far past as many of them as I possibly can because it's going to open up some avenue to the green. So when a player comes to you and says, you know, well, you know, it's really about keeping your ball in the fairway. It's really about, like, you know, picking your spots coming. Because he's myth-busting right which, here. Which, yeah, which is I mean, what players are saying, 
right now. Right. You know, they're saying, you know, there's a premium on being in the fairway. I'm going to add these long irons because I'm going to hit them more off tees. You know, I'm going to try to work the angles into degrees. Like, there's no chance the guy that wins this tournament's in the top 30 in fairways. <laughs> wow, that was bold. That, that was, <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even put any math on that at all. He might be. And if he does, he's going to chip and putt his face off. Well, you know, Scott, I thought about you today, though, because Justin Thomas was at his press conference, and he was saying, you know, I know there's certain statistics that, like, you know, of things I should do, clubs I should hit, but then there are times that I just feel like I need to hit the club that puts me in my comfort zone, and if that means laying back a little further, you know, maybe going at a pin which suits my eye, all these sort of cliché terms. He says, you know, to hell it's with the right. statistics. I'm going to do that because it makes me feel comfortable. You can't must get around drive that. You, you can't get around. There, there is a comfort level. And this is one of the main things people ask me all the time. Like, what if I don't like that? I'm like, I would ask you to just suck it up and try to like it. And if you don't, <laughs> then we'll work from there. But again, the guy like Justin Thomas, he hits it so far. Every time he leaves his driver in the back, he's giving up approximately 0.15 shots. Mm -hmm. Again, a course like this where there is no, well, I shouldn't say that. There is a lot of hazards on this course, but it's this like random little creek that just pops up throughout it. Mm -hmm. It's just in play. Yeah. I mean, and it just is. But in order to avoid the creek every so often, you have to avoid it all the time. And so, yeah, that might save me one penalty shot or maybe even two penalty shots over the course of four rounds. That's a half a shot around. But if I'm dropping back that often, you're, you're easily offsetting that. Mm, mm, mm. So if you were talking to a player and they were asking you, Scott, am I better off adding an extra long iron or going with, a, with another wedge? I, I'm feeling like you would probably say add the other wedge because... I would tell use... everyone to drop whatever long iron they want and drop their three wood and add a mini driver, a small driver to where, I don't care, again, if you like, like Bryson likes drawing his driver, Cool, then set up some sort of a mini driver that you like to fade. Yeah. But you have to have off the tee something that can go both ways. And again, I'm the biggest proponent on the planet of shaping your driver one way. And now I'm saying get two clubs that go both ways, which is exactly how a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson beat these guys last year. Like it's, it's comical to me that this is even debatable. A guy that's the oldest major champion in the history of the game did this last year. And I had been saying it for six months leading into that tournament. Like, hey, get two drivers. You can hit both ways. What he screwed up 10 years ago with the, with the Franken driver. Yeah. When he won. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally had. He won. Well, he had two drivers and he, he won. I mean, he, he won, he the, won week the week prior. before by like yeah. 10. Yeah. I was about to say, he, he lapped the field that yeah. he wins with. I mean, that's the interesting thing about Phil, not to get off track, but his, his crazy equipment schemes over the years more often than not have actually worked out his last year was mathematically correct it was 47.9 inches with the driver i mean he yeah. was just under the the old legal limit of 48 inches mm -hmm. he was using a long driver and it's cheating it, like, <laughs> now we don't have it anymore I, I i don't often agree with the usga and i don't agree with limiting the length of like i don't want you to roll it back i don't want bifurcation but I actually do agree that limiting the length of the driver to 48 inches was correct because 46 to 48, it just goes faster. We need to slow it down. I don't know another alternative, but what Phil did last year at the PGA, in my opinion, was mathematically 
a billion percent correct. It is what I've been... Mathematically, a million percent yeah. correct. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally do. I think, it, I think it was... But again, like, I will be stunned, I, and I actually do mean this. I'll be stunned if I don't have at least 15 guys at Augusta next year playing a mini driver where they could... Because again, you're going to need an equipment manufacturer to actually come up with a new one because... There really hasn't been Taylor. I'm not a tailor-made guy, but Taylor made out with, perfect. So, so we're we're talking we're talking about like their most recent version of that driver. That that person. I don't know what percentage. it is. I'm not. I'm literally not an equipment guy. A buddy, Dean Larson, hat tip, Dean Royal Oaks in Dallas. He gave me his mini driver. It is an 11 and a half degree, 300 cc driver that I cranked the the loft up, and I personally can put it in the middle of my stance. I swing as hard as I can. I'm 49 years old and I can carry it 290. It's cheating. So is that the one club that amateurs are missing? I think so, but they apparently no one bought it, so Taylor made stop buying it. <laughs> but, building it. This actually it was such a so, niche club niche club it's, though. I it's mean it's cheating. not it's not a club that like typically the way that it works is tour yeah. pros are the ones that are marketing these clubs to the average golfer. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're missing. But, and that's the thing, so they don't really know that it's out there because it's not a golf club that a lot of guys out on tour are using. I played at Preston Trails, which is one of the greatest golf courses on the planet on Saturday. Number 17, they played as a, a reachable par five, or par four rather. We were playing at 260. The wind is barely into us about seven to eight miles an hour. And I took a mini driver and I could not have chipped it more than I did. And I carried it and I hit it to four feet. <laughs> and I literally, again, like that's, a, again, it's an anomaly, but I like, I could not have hit it softer than I did. If I hit that club hard, it's carrying 290. I'm 49 years old. These guys, Zalatoris, uh, Brooks, DJ, they should have a driver they cut and a mini driver they draw and then like a six iron. So, <laughs> and then like six wedges, <laughs> the tightest loft Maybe gaps of all time. Maybe a three iron. I don't know. <laughs> I did want to ask you about Zalatoris because I, I I like him this week. You've obviously well, you caddied for him in the U.S. Junior. Um, We've met. You you've met. You know, <laughs> you, a couple of times. You and Zalatoris go way back. I'm kind of curious, like when you're telling him, sort of you obviously he knows your philosophy off tees. When it comes into greens and how that will relate how he'll employ that at southern hills i mean what are you telling him you know what so, are you telling so if him you go back to what you said again like i created all this math-based system for my own game back in 2013 and 14. i was going to play in the texas amateur myself in 2014. i got a cortisone shot in my right arm paralyzed my right arm so i reached out to will who was a kid i've known since he was nine i'm like let me caddy for you next week if you do what i tell you to do you'll win and shockingly he won the u.s or the, the texas amateur Caddy for me won the U.S. Junior. And looking back at it, he is such a good ball striker, as we all now know. Mm -hmm. He struggles with his putting, which is totally fine. He was 104th last year. on. He was average in strokes game putting on tour last year. Like, when people want to say, like, he struggles with his putting, like, well, there's another 100 people you should tell you putt worse than him. He putts not ideal, but not awful either. So you got a kid like that, that hits it amazing. And this is Keith Mitchell. I, I, again, I could name 30 names I've worked with on tour players that hit it great, putt it-ish. And it's like they're always trying to make birdies with their second shots. 
and don't realize by trying to do that, they're making more bogeys with their second shots, which more than destroys their birdies they may or may not even make, which again, mathematically I would argue, they make fewer birdies by trying to be aggressive. The, the thing about it is, is playing correct golf, you might have a longer birdie putt on average, but you'll have more of them. Mm -hmm. So you actually make the same amount of birdies. But what you totally reduce is your bogeys, which now that we have the decade app, your, your scoring average improves almost exclusively from bogey avoidance. Mm -hmm. So you get guys like this to be like, just stop making bogeys, which to dovetail back to my love child, Tiger Woods, I want to make <laughs> sure Tiger knows I love him. But Tiger had these five things he tracked when he was playing in, in the, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s. How many bogeys do you have in part fives? How many double bogeys? How many three putts? How many blown easy saves? And how many bogeys with nine or less? Everything Tiger was trying not to do was just don't do the stupid stuff, which when the three of us finish a round of golf and think we should have shot three shots lower, it's always one of those five things. That's when I try to get a kid like Zalatoris, Victor Hovland, I mean, Robert McNair, like 50 guys in the field this week. Just don't do the stupid stuff. Trust the good stuff will be there. You're trying to pull the ace of spades out of the deck of cards. Guess what? It's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I guess my only other question is like, so if you're like, don't do the stupid stuff, but hit driver, you know, like TV that's not stupid. <laughs> this is Luke's world. He's he's over here like it's not stupid. Lighten up, just hit driver all the time, Luke. <laughs> okay, okay. So 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 I like you do anything anyways. Exactly. To that point, again, I'm I'm trying to not look up to the lights because it's so bright, but. To that point, what the amateur at home always has to ask themselves is, okay, I'm not going to hit driver. I'm going to drop back to three to get it in play. And I'm trying to be very clear. I played in 1999 US Open, the one that Payne Stewart won. And on number one, I hit three wood. The only reason I hit three wood was because I didn't want to hit two iron because it has a hosel. Yeah. Swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so I hit three wood and then I hit seven iron on the green to 15 feet. I two putted for par. I walked off the green thinking I'm a, I'm a wizard. I should be sending driver. Just because you drop back from driver doesn't mean you get to put it in the fairway. On that one particular shot I did, so I got reinforced, I did the right thing, but it was not the right thing. Everyone you see on tour is constantly getting reinforced. They did the right thing by these certain ideas. And on, again, especially on number one, it's 451 yards. It looks like it's roughly 270 the bunker. Everyone in the field will get three wood to that bunker. So you might as well hit driver. You have to ask yourself, if I'm not hitting driver, what's the alternative and what does it accomplish? And most importantly, objectively, does it actually accomplish that? Because that's what I started talking about earlier on number 15 at Innisbrook. It's a 200 yard par three, and the shot pattern is 50 yards wide. Because you're saying if they can hit three wood into that bunker, they might as well hit driver. Send which it. Might See what also happens. Go. Well, it, a, a notoriously anti-three wood podcast that it is. We are anti. Are we? <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. Nobody on this pod. <coughs> I, I want to stay on brand. Say no, nobody on this pod hits three wood, or I even think owns a three. -wood. I don't want anyone to own a three wood again. <laughs> If I can get the mini driver to replace the three wood at the BJ yeah, Tour Superstore. This episode of Fully Equipped is sponsored by the mini driver from TaylorMade. <laughs> That's even. I hope Mizuno makes one too. I don't really care who it is. Yeah, it's it's just not a club that you see. All right, so before we wrap, I want to get this guy to pick somebody other than Tiger because I feel like you've been on a Tiger apology tour since the beginning of the podcast. I would not pick Tiger to save my yeah. life. Okay, so 
Who are, who are you picking? Who, based on, based on this, who are you liking this week? And I want Luke to make the pick as well. Scott Scheffler. No. <laughs> I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm the lamest human on earth yeah. for a picket because, again, Scotty Scheffler's from Dallas. I'm from Dallas. I think most people would think that I've worked with Scotty. I have not. I mean, we're friends. We know each other, but I've never worked with him in my life. Ted Scott, I have worked with for five years. I'm not surprised that Ted can just walk in and be like, hey, let's see these things a little bit differently. Again, I'm not remotely trying to take credit for any of their success. I'm just saying, Ted knows how to play the game. Scotty's really good at hitting shots. That's a pretty good combination that really is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate to kind of continue the Scotty Sheffer love fest, but I mean, he was my pick this week on golf.com. He said that Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. He shot 64 here in a practice round. I just keep hearing that guys are saying, well, he's been playing practice rounds. He shot 61 in another practice, and it was a tournament uh, charity event in Dallas where he shot 61. He's, he's won he's four times this year. I, yeah. I assume he's playing You're, good. You'd be crazy not to pick him, so I was going to take Scheffler even before you said it. So, LKD. You know, I mentioned him on the podcast earlier. Kind of was looking for a scouting report on Zalatoris because I like him a lot this week. I think he has everything. He's a fantastic ball striker, contended in majors before, hits it long enough, hits it straight enough, and he's quite juicy. I last odds I saw him was sort of hovering around 30 to 1. So I really like him this week. He's at 30 to 1. I mean, again, this is where like. <laughs> His eyes was lit yeah, up. I'm going to get myself in trouble. <laughs> just like you when you found out that you could just hit driver yeah. all day. <laughs> like, the, the tour is moving towards trying to get gambling popular. Like, there's no good odds on anything. Like, it's Take so ridiculous. I mean, it's it's literally a crapshoot. Just hit driver. Just hit driver. <laughs> hit it towards the middle of the green. This place, again, the greens aren't that big. Hit it towards the middle. Lag, put your face off. This is why Zalatoris is so good at Augusta, though. Even while not being the best short putter ever, He's got the, some of the best. Last year, he was 18th in strokes and approach by performance. He's really good at lag putting. That's why he's so good. The dude's legit. Yeah. I'm hoping that based on recent PGA Championships, that we get another one, another barn burner. I mean, it feels mm -hmm. like of the majors, this one has produced some pretty incredible finishes over the last four to five years. And we got and we got Rory, Spieth, and Tiger playing playing in the first round. Really? Together. Yep. And uh, and you know, two of those guys are playing some really good golf right now. Yeah, so. for sure. Scott, LKD was fun. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Jay Wall. All right, that'll do it for episode 141 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want more gear news, you can check us out on social media. We are at Fully underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Thanks all for listening. See you next week.